Coming up, an episode all about Apple and the announcements from WWDC 2020. From widgets and car keys to app clips and slick silicon, we cover everything you need to know about what's new. It starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 279, recorded June 22nd, 2020, Jiggle Mode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic. I could do a joke, but we don't have time for that. Uh, the show that I should say covers our seventh WWDC. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by Colby Rabadou and by phone, Dan Miller. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hi. Um, this was so. This was the first. I watched WW. I watched the keynote almost every year, but this is the first year I wasn't being like actively neglectful of my job because technically I'm a mobile developer now, so it's like weirdly relevant to my life. Good. Hey, maybe you can give us some perspective instead of us just talking out of our ass about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Can't count on that. I'm not a very good mobile developer, but it was fun. That's all. It was so hot here yesterday. Was it hot where you are? Yes. Whew. Sunday it my, was hot. Been sweaty. Yep. My freezer was not keeping up with the... Damn. It was also probably, you know, it's hot, so, like, I'm putting more ice in my water, so you're probably going in there more than, you know, it's a vicious cycle. But... Can't have warm drinks. No. That, not, not, that would be unacceptable. Yeah. Um, Dan, you were out of town this evening, so you are joining us by phone. Yes, from an undisclosed location. <laughs> yes, you're you're in the place where uh, Apple makes its silicon. That's <laughs> yeah, underneath the fountain in the in the middle of Apple Park. <laughs> yep, we locked him in the lab. He's got he's got to get those chips ready. Um, yes, uh, I'm I'm calling in from an undisclosed location that had a uh, had it's not a technologically. Well, yeah, actually, it's a mixed bag. So I show up and the Wi-Fi is terrible. Uh, and then, you know, by by triangulating where the Wi-Fi signal is coming from, I, I come to learn that the Wi-Fi router is in the laundry room in the basement uh in like the, the worst possible place you could put it and still be in the house uh so but i tried to move it with the like just moving the cable uh you know how like the cable modems you, you take the cable out of the wall that would go into your tv and you plug it into the modem yeah i tried to just take the one out of the tv upstairs and put the cable modem in there and it did not work uh, but then I realized that for whatever reason, they do have uh, Ethernet outlets in rooms. Nice. So I was able to like figure out which like which outlet in the basement corresponds to which outlet upstairs, and then run the the modem downstairs, plug like string Ethernet along to the various like patch connectors, and then plug the Wi-Fi router in upstairs, and it worked. Uh, and now I have glorious uh, 802.11G internet or Wi-Fi. Uh, and that has been, like, I forgot how bad G internet is. Like, it doesn't, yeah, it, the the range is pretty good, but 
I've gotten used to just being able to treat Wi-Fi like it's as fast as the internet can be. Yeah. Um, and I wish I had brought an Ethernet cable. But I didn't. Never really come without it. But yeah. <laughs> Never will. Even yeah. if I had brought a cable, I wouldn't have had an adapter. I would need to get one of those USB-C That's right. dinglies. Yeah. Well, I, uh, Dan, you sound great over Skype audio, so... Uh, do I? Yes, yeah, I, you sound <laughs> oh, wow. as good as you do at home. Yeah, it's Sweet. surprisingly good. But that That's is great. one of the reasons that I've always hesitated to take us off of Skype, is because as much as it runs like garbage, and as much as it's, like, old-fashioned, like, it does pre- it does work. Like, Skype, is, when we have tech problems, it's usually never Skype itself. It's usually something else. Yeah. So that's, I give it credit. It it is relatively reliable. Yeah. Um, It's true. Well, we have got a a lot to discuss tonight. As I mentioned, our annual tradition, our seventh WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference from the Apple Corporation. Um, A big announcement. Uh, I hope you both had an opportunity to watch. You know, it was very funny uh, watching a live stream of a pre-recorded event. Um, Felt a little stupid, but that's okay. It was still a hoot. Uh, What what did you guys think? So this year, a different format. Obviously, WWDC not taking place in person um, due to the coronavirus. And so it was the the, uh, first ever pre-recorded announcement from Apple. Uh, very slickly produced, one of my favorite television genres of very expensive looking. Um, wh- what did you guys think? Did you prefer it uh, against the traditional audience uh, demo? I actually kind of did. Like, I don't know if I prefer it necessarily, but I think I appreciate it. Like, I found during this whole thing that... Um, programs that are recorded in front of a live audience that are suddenly not recorded in front of a live audience anymore are like totally different and i kind of like it better sometimes like uh like john oliver's show for example is like there's no one clapping after every single thing he says so it's like you know sometimes he says stuff that's not funny it's not funny and no one laughs politely or cheers even though it wasn't funny mm-hmm. and it's just not funny but then he says things that are funny and it's funny so i felt the same way about this because i feel like the apple keynotes are very much like that where it's like they say like one thing and then everyone have to wait for everybody to clap and then they say another thing and like nobody claps but it's still awkward and then you know so there was none of that it was it was a lot more uh, streamlined I kind of enjoyed it. It seemed pretty high production value for uh, holy moly. <laughs> yep, it was, was. It was pretty to look at. Yeah, I don't know if I needed to see all the details of of those those Apple uh, software engineering managers' faces, but like <laughs> it was did, very HD. Did. You know, it was very funny. I'm like, Greg <laughs> Federighi looks different this close. Like, I'm not used yeah. to like him being that close to the camera. Yeah. Did you watch Dan? Uh, yeah, I did. I ended. I watched the first half live. I watched the second half after the fact. Nice. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it was different, but not worse. Maybe better in some ways. I I thought that. Did, did you get the sense that those kind of quick cuts uh, with the the spy music was that was meant to be comedic? Like sometimes it took the music only played for two seconds. Sometimes mm-hmm. it played for thirty seconds. 
<laughs> yeah, very very little of the of the sort of com the intentional comedy beats landed. I felt like that is where the audience would have helped a little bit because because what's great about the Apple events is not that people laugh, it's that people groan. Um, and, and you do get, especially Craig Federick, he always has one or two just like a hair joke or something. And you always get that little bit of groan, and you didn't get that, but but I did appreciate that they try to to bring in some of those little jokey bits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, an interesting way. You know, I, I just think I, I've complained in episodes before how much I think these events have gotten stale um, and uninteresting. And I think this was a nice change of pace. I also think, you know, when I watch these events, it's not a, for me about the fact that they announced something. It's them showing how it works. And so to have the demos pre-recorded and even like those little like kind of quick cut promo reels they would run before he'd say what it is widgets and then they'd sort of show you kind of a marketing video of it it's like that's a much easier way for me to understand what it is than tim cook just saying it out loud with a powerpoint behind or a keynote behind him uh, on the stage explaining it so that's what i liked about it visually it was so much clearer what all of these different functions did you know, when they can go out to the car, the BMW in the parking lot and actually show you how it works. And I thought that kind of stuff was really, um, was really great. Um, we've got a bunch of announcements to get through, guys. Uh, I guess we can do them in order, uh, starting with iOS 14. A lot of great new stuff in here. Um, but sort of the biggest one and the first one they start with is sort of the uh, visual nature of iOS 14, starting with uh, the biggest change to the iOS home screen in years, widgets. Um, Android called. They said they wanted their feature they developed a decade ago back. Uh, widgets come in a variety of sizes. Um, Apple allows widgets to not only be in the day view, but also be added to the main home screen right alongside your apps. Uh, to add them, there's a new widget gallery where users can easily add and uh, customize widgets. There's also a new smart stack widget that automatically shows relevant apps based on the time of day. That's my short one to two sentence description of, of widgets. That's cool. I'm into that. I do think, like, at least for me, the Siri, like, app suggestions in the search panel, like, work, like, pretty well. Like from a, like there are certain apps I use in the morning exclusively and they will usually be in that thing when I like pop it down. So like that being like a little more like front and center would be pretty nice. I don't know. I don't know if I want widgets or not. Like I gave up on ever having anything like widgets like ages ago. Because I don't know. It, like you said, Android has had this for 10 years <laughs> since we were in now, college. Do- do either of you use the 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 widgets that exist now when you swipe left on the on the pull down friend? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like I only use them to check the batteries on my yes. devices. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the only yes. thing I use it for. And honestly, there is a battery widget that they showed off and I'm like, I'm for sure installing that. That's great. Yeah, I, I love the. I don't mind the idea of widgets. I just don't think I'll ever have thirty of them. Like, there's like three apps I can think. A battery podcasts um, where I can one click play from the home screen and probably one more calendar maybe, but like I, 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 I maybe that's okay. Like maybe you don't need a hundred of them and you know, they're not obtrusive. That was one of the issues I had with the um, widgets on Android is they looked like garbage. They looked so bad because there was no design standard between them and they were all kinds of weird shapes and sizes. And I think if this is just a, like, it's not a game changer, 
but I think it makes sense. I don't think it's a bad direction to go. Yeah. And I and I do think the existing widgets in the today view, Dan, like you were saying, I think those needed some sort of more jazzy, more visual, more colorful update because I think they are a little yeah. flat in the current design. Yeah, and I feel like them being off in a corner is like, no one's ever going to use them. Right. I, I so rarely used it. Yeah, that was going to be my point. Yeah. I'm excited to... Yeah, I think I would use them. If there's a battery widget, I think you're right. But definitely weather. Like, I would like yep. weather on my home screen. And I used Android back in the day when they had this stuff. And that was nice. Uh, but... Android battery life was always terrible. So, yeah, I don't know if that's true now. Uh, but hopefully that doesn't... These uh, widgets aren't a battery tanker, but if any past stuff is an indication, it won't be, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apple also announced a new app library view that automatically organizes your apps into groups and lists. You now have the ability to hide uh, apps on the main home screen by hiding different pages um and it creates a, a sort of app drawer like android as well another great android feature um it does have smart grouping features like automatically pulling all your apple arcade games into one batch it'll have your recently downloaded it'll have sort of machine learning most recommended apps you'll probably use will all be in buckets will also be a search box and an ability to scroll through all of your apps uh, apps alphabetically i'm into that i'm tired of organizing things into folders i just use search yes i just yeah. use search and i've i've given up on Same. organizing my apps yeah like i just use search but also i had i started having trouble like finding things to delete them mm. well that was one that was one of my favorite updates in ios 13 was the app store ability to swipe and delete an app from updates it's crazy. That was a good idea, and I have done I, that a lot. I didn't even know I could do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From the but uh, now, am I still the only idiot who still does manual updates? Because I like to know when my apps are updating. I don't know. I mean, I do manual updates too, but I update. I go to the app store and like refresh for updates. Oh like, yeah, okay. I do that too. Like multiple times. We're a such day. dorks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, well, I will do that occasionally if I'm bored, but I have manual updates on. I do that. That's uh, one of the things I do update. first thing first thing in the morning. Well, yeah. what it is for me is that at one point back when like app the uh, app update descriptions actually meant something, it would always be like they talk about a new feature or a new change, and like I'd want to know about it. And so it's like, don't automate. I want to read it now. They're all just like performance and bug updates, <laughs> and like they right. all say that, and I'm like, this is not. Why right. am I doing it, this? Reading, reading the 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 uh, the upgrade update notes was like a mini Apple keynote, right? It was yes. Like, Ooh, a new button in Foursquare or yeah, something. It, it used to be fun. <laughs> yeah, not so much anymore. Um, another new feature, Apple is adding system-wide picture-in-picture to iOS videos. Uh, videos will hover over app and can be adjusted and sized or collapsed into the side of the display to continue playing the audio in the background. It'll also work with FaceTime calls. Sweet. Uh, FaceTime That'll calls is what out. I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so dumb that you can't have the video. You can You can still do the call, but there's no videos allowed. 
I agree. And I love the idea of the audio playing in the background. I would love, like, when sports finally come back uh, and the ability yeah. to, like, have the game still playing while I'm browsing on my phone would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but then YouTube won't do it, so. <laughs> Although I did read, um, this was sort of a side announcement, but um, 4K YouTube is finally coming to Apple TV, so. Hmm. You know, although I did notice at one point they put up the. Uh, the picture of the original iPhone when they were talking about, you know, things changing and stuff. And they removed the the uh, original YouTube app, where it's like the little TV and the it was TV. the YouTube app. Uh, and they sort of just scrubbed that out. They, they said, forget about that was ever on there. Um, app Clips. This was a big one. Um, a name that I really don't care for. Uh, app Clips are speedy card-based snippets of apps that let you access small parts of apps when you need them without requiring you to install the full app. Examples given included accessing a parking app through an NFC tag or coffee stores reward programs. Uh, it will support signing with Apple to avoid having to make new accounts, uh, can be accessed again through the new app library, and will work with Apple Pay. Uh, to go with Apple Clips, Apple is launching a new QR code format that uses both visual codes and NFC to access App Clips quickly. Um, you'll be able to get App Clips from uh, website links, from NFC, from regular QR codes, from Apple QR codes, and all sorts of things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. As someone who just recently had to download an app to pay for parking, uh, <laughs> yes, this will be great. Nice. I wonder, I, the, one of the examples they gave was <clears throat> like storefronts, and I wonder what specifically they have in mind. Like, why would you do that instead of Apple Pay if you're, if you're a restaurant or a storefront? Well, I think they didn't say this, pure speculation on my part, but they used the Yelp example where they said Yelp will be able to make app clips for individual restaurants. And I think at that point, that's to like, oh, you want to quickly leave a review on Yelp, but you don't already have the Yelp app or you want to like mm. review a restaurant's menu in Yelp but you don't want to download the whole app yeah would be my guess it, was this where the there was the blue bottle example too or was that yes a like a part? rewards program yeah. yeah you know like they say if you're trying it out for the first time although I don't know why you would do a rewards program if it was the first time but yeah I was wondering if it was a rewards program how would they track you Mm-hmm. Or I guess you'd you'd sign in with Apple Apple login after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be nice because I I miss out on so many rewards programs these days yeah. because well back when I went to places. Well, and that's I, I didn't want to keep all the cards. I think that's the app library integration where then let's say you you go back to the store a second time or something, um, it'll stay in your app library from the clip, and then when you click on it, you'll have the ability to download the whole app. And theoretically, I believe you'd already be signed in. So mm -hmm. they're just streamlining that process. Yeah. I, it seems cool. I'm, you know, I feel like that's one of those things where you, you got to wait and see what people actually do with it. So it could be useful. It could just be nothing. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, the interesting part of this for me personally is signing with Apple, which I or have you guys been using it? I have not used it once. <laughs> no i I also don't really i don't think yeah. i've like signed into a lot of new apps recently i most well because apple added those uh restrictions slash i don't know how apple would phrase it uh guarantees that i think any app that you can sign into now if you are not signed into it 
when you launch it, you're prompted to sign in with Apple amongst other options. So like this car rental app I downloaded a couple of weeks ago, signed in with Apple. There's this other thing. It was like, oh, like search for, I don't know. It was like, oh, like look around at like what, what houses cost. And I was like, sign in with Apple. Like, sure. If, if it hadn't been a sign with Apple button, I wouldn't have signed into that one because I was like, well, I don't care enough about this that I want to save like the things I've seen because mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. screwing around. But if it's one button to sign with Apple and I get to save the stuff I saw and they don't get any of my personal information, it's yeah. fine. Sure, I'll press it. Those those fuckers will email you aggressively too. <laughs> aggressively. Uh, well, oh, then... yeah, they got the uh, the special Apple generated email address. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another thing they announced today, uh, a smaller part of the announcement, that uh, you'll soon be able to convert your existing accounts to sign in with Apple. So if you've created an account with an email address and password or you signed in with another service, uh, you'll be able to convert that into a sign in with Apple account, which I'll be interested to see how many people do that. I'm interested to see how that works. Because (laughs) it seems to be something that has to happen on the app side. Like Apple can't just turn that on. Right. No, I think the example they used was like they use Kayak as example. And you, you would have to log into Kayak, go into your Kayak account settings and do it there. Now, I wonder, will they be requiring that all apps that you can sign into on in the App Store also offer you the ability to transfer your account to an Apple ID? That's a good question. That is good. Nice. I mean, clearly they're aggressively pushing people towards that. Uh, it was mentioned a lot during uh, today's announcement in a, several different ways. Um, uh, let's keep rolling here. Siri has a new view. Instead of that taking over your whole screen thing when you activate it, it's now just a small overlay at the bottom of this display. Uh, Siri can also now send audio messages in addition to dictated messages. Um Similarly, incoming phone calls and FaceTime calls will also appear with a less obtrusive new pop-up instead of taking over the entire screen. I say yes. Thank you. I hated the Siri screen. Yeah. Yeah, all of those things are so, such an interruption. Especially if you don't do, well, phone calls are always a surprise, but like Siri is like, you know, if you do it on accident, which happens sometimes. But it's the point that it doesn't need the whole screen. Like, how how often have you done something on Siri where you're even reading something on your screen? Most of my requests are like, set a timer, or turn on the lights, or like, stuff that I don't need to look at the screen anyway. Yep. Fact. I now live with someone whose whole job, basically, it seems like sometimes is to be on phone calls with people. And this was the only announcement she was excited about and as soon as i said it she was like oh i didn't even have to explain i was like now when you get a phone call it doesn't take over the screen she's like oh my god that's amazing uh i also just saw a tweet that said uh how come the blue bottle in the apple uh keynote contains a flat top grill but no actual coffee making equipment did you notice (laughs) oh you didn't know it was a blue bottle burgers and fries (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, someone says, I think that's the top of an espresso machine. Oh, that makes it less funny. <laughs> Always something to point out. Um, Apple announced a new Translate app that will be built into iOS, uh, which will allow users to easily translate between languages. They'll be able to enter text or dictate them and have them translate into 11 in- languages. Um, it will also be integrated into Siri as well and be on all of the various different Apple devices. 
cool. Um, Messages is also getting new features. You'll be able to pin important contacts and conversations to the top of the Messages app to easily talk to your favorite friends or group chats. There's also new Memoji accessories. Um, Apple is also adding threaded conversations and group chats and mention notifications to ping specific people in chat, taking a shot at the bow of every uh, collaboration app out there. Um, Pinning contacts and conversations to the top of Messages was I think in my top three, if not number one, favorite thing of today's announcement. It sounds stupid, but I have so many conversation threads, and I'm one of those guys who read messages and then respond, forget to respond because the little blue circle's gone and it's marked as unread, or it's marked mm-hmm. as red. So the ability to pin something to come back to later is like, oh, I'm very excited <laughs> for that. That's cool. I don't know. My question is going to be, how am I going to explain to my mom how to use threaded conversations and mention notifications and i'm like i'm curious how you explain that because i was watching them do it and i'm like an, an average joe is not gonna know that feature exists maybe that's okay yeah maybe maybe it's not necessary yeah yeah the message stuff seems cool i don't know Okay, we'll keep going. I'm going to just pause after every one of these, and if we have no opinions, we're going to keep rolling. Apple Maps getting new curated guides um, to give better recommendations for new places. Maps is also getting support with cycling, with dedicated directions for bike riding that take into account elevation, bike packs, stairs, roads, all that kind of stuff available in five cities at launch. There's also a new EV routing feature uh, that will track the current charge of your car, factor in elevation of weather, and route you to compatible stations. Um, It will require cooperation from car brands. They listed BMW at Ford already, though no specific cars were mentioned. Uh, along with the car stuff, CarPlay is getting support for custom wallpapers and new app categories, parking app, EV chargers, and fast food takeout. Uh, and we'll talk about um, car keys in a second. Any thoughts on those? No. <laughs> but it sounds nice if you have one of those cars. What was the thing about takeout? Yeah, so they, they all they said was, because right now there are certain app, you can't just build any kind of app for CarPlay. There's, certain, there's like an audio category. Mm-hmm. There's like different... There, all they right. said was fast food takeout apps, which means I'm assuming I will be able to order a Big Mac from my car's display, in which case while you're driving, I'm fucked. I'm going to get so <laughs> fat from my because because literally I've done this not that much, but I have done it where I'm out running errands and it's lunchtime. And so I like I pull over in the parking lot of the store. I like I'll pre-order something from Taco Bell or from Panera on my phone and I'll go and pick it up. If I can do that from the car display. Oh, my God. Game changer. Hey, hey Dingus. <laughs> Make me a Big Mac. Oh my god, and then imagine Siri integration with that. Oh boy, am I boned. Um not great. That sounds nice. I, I've been I went on a long drive and I used CarPlay again and it's still it's still really great. I don't know if or when I will ever buy a car, but if I do that will be a requirement. Although it seems like they didn't they say today that ninety percent of all cars sold this year will have CarPlay. Yeah, ninety-seven really percent of new cars will support it, which sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I would love to know what Android Auto's numbers are. <laughs> they didn't say that. A but... lot of them I see. I see they have both on a lot of them. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't know. They're they're moving in that direction. Um, in addition to CarPlay, CarKey was announced, a wireless way to unlock your car with your iPhone. It'll work over NFC. Uh, the first car supported. Dan, here you go. Here's a nice car for you to buy. The 2021 BMW 5 Series. 
Um, and it's working on an industry-wide standard that was use, use its new U1 Ultra Wideband chip instead of the NFC. Once you've paired your device with a car that supports it, if you want to unlock it, you just hold your device near the reader. Um, once they go to U1, you'll just have to be in the vicinity of the car, kind of like the key fobs do now. Uh, you'll be asked to authenticate with Face ID or Touch ID before the car unlocks, or you can set up Express Mode to skip that. Uh, you can also share access to your car uh, via iMessage. Um, you'll be able to place limitations on what they can do with the, the key, uh, the feature will support iOS 13 as well. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I think we talked about that on the show in the past. Yeah, because we, we talked about the rumors. Um, to me, the to the NFC stuff isn't very interesting. When they go to U1 and it's proximity-based and you just have to be like near your car, kind of like the wireless key fob, then I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I thought their their bit where they like sent the key to someone temporarily was pretty cool. Yeah, I would bet if you're like a car sharing service or something, that's going to be a really attractive way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like that's what like Zipcar does, right? Already, they just have like things that they put in the car that yep. do it somehow. But I would imagine if the car could just do it, mm-hmm. and then someone can hack it and steal your car. So. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Don't lose your password. Don't reuse your password. Yeah, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, that's most of the big stuff. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of small stuff. I know one that may be interesting to us is uh, they only put this on a slide. They did not say it out loud, but you will be able to set uh, default browser and email apps. Yeah. Very exciting. Wild. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in that for email, but not. I don't see what, you know, what the advantage to using. I guess if you want to sync your Chrome bookmarks, that you'd use Chrome, but it's still. And I know that people don't know this. It's still the same browser with just a different coat of paint over it. Yep. Yeah. I feel like people only care for the, their stuff. Like that's why people use Chrome because like your tabs are there and like. Yeah, I think if you're going to do select defaults, I think there's more like select default music app or like I feel like there's other more interesting ways to do it than those two. But it's a good start. It's better than nothing. I know some people have really I think when you're talking productivity, like on an iPad or something, I think that's going to make a big difference. Um, As always, the uh, new iOS will be out in the fall, but the developer preview is available today with plans for a public beta in July. Uh, it will work on the iPhone 6S and up the same devices that supported iOS 13. Overall, I think pretty good. It's not a huge feature-rich one, but I think the stuff that they had... There's nothing in there I would say was dumb or unnecessary. I think it was a pretty good, a pretty good list, all things considered. Yeah. Totally. Another one people might be excited for is the third-party music apps on the HomeKit or HomePod. Yes, which I cannot believe. Like, how long has AirPod been around and that hasn't been a thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. That's silly. Two more things I don't know if we talked about or if we're in the right section for it. One is uh, the HomeKit. The, the, uh, what's that app called where it... It dims your screen and adjusts the color temperature based on the time of day. Flux. Flux, Flux for your house where... Yeah, adaptive adjust... lighting is what they're calling it. 
that I had that idea just to, you know, no one will believe me. I had that idea a couple of months ago. I was like finally doing all of the story home stuff we've been talking about. But oh, wouldn't it be great if I could fluxify my whole life by like, I'm shocked. The... I'm shocked like Hugh or somebody hasn't thought of this already. Yeah, it's yeah. so I'm excited for that. And crap, what was the other thing? I was oh the the AirPods 3D audio thing is that in this section? Uh, it's in a later section, but we can talk about it now. There's no real audio here. Yeah, we got a couple AirPods update actually. Um, they didn't call it AirPods OS. I was kind of hoping they would. Um, <laughs> they'll soon be able to seamlessly switch devices, um, and so they're updating the software that runs on AirPods. Um, it, they're calling it automatic switching. It's coming to AirPods Pro, second generation AirPods, PowerBeats, PowerBeats Pro, and Beats Solo Pro in a firmware update. will automatically switch audio inputs based on which Apple device you're using through your iCloud account. For example, if you're listening to something on your iPhone and then start playing a video on your laptop, the audio feed will automatically switch over. Or if you answer a phone call on your iPhone, your AirPods will automatically switch from your computer. Additionally, as you mentioned, Dan, spatial audio, uh, which will be coming only to AirPods Pro, uh, it will offer 3D surround sound style audio to replicate the movie theater experience and will constantly recalibrate based on the position of your head and the position of the device you're using. It will have support for 5.1, 7.1, and Dolby Atmos sound. Kind of cool. Oh, and look at this. iOS, this is, I, they didn't say this out loud. iOS 14 will also add support for battery notifications, which will actively let you know when you need to charge your headphones. I like that. Wow. Yeah. That's, I can't believe it doesn't do that already, <laughs> but it definitely doesn't do that. My headphones no. die on me all the will, time. Will they, will they do that like that kind of thing where they kind of, was that right. 40% they notify you, but then they don't do it again until it's like 10%? Right. And I'm like, that's not usually one, once it once it, I hear the beep, it's usually like an emergency. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the spatial audio thing is wacky as hell. Yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, the, the, I didn't get it at first, but then I was watching it and they showed how if you move the iPad that the sound would move unless you, you moved your head in sync with the iPad, then the, the sound would not move. That was that was crazy. Uh, but the, the thing I'm not excited about, and I guess we'll have to wait and see how it works, is the the auto switching. Because what what I don't want is if I'm on a Zoom call on my Mac to so, so get a phone call, and then suddenly I can't hear the thing that I thought I was able to hear. Yeah. Or or for that matter, if I'm watching a, a, a movie on my iPad and then someone calls me and I get or get just like schmonked out of it, that doesn't sound good. But me, I hope it lets you configure. Like, if I start playing music on a different device, that's pretty intentional. Like, I probably meant, if the if the AirPods are connected to something, I probably meant to switch them. But if someone else can just, can jerk me out of a, of a thing, that sounds bad. Yeah, like your kid starts playing something on your Apple TV in your living room, and all of a sudden you're hearing it in your AirPods. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, the Apple TV, it seems like I should have different expectations around it. I I would think that... I don't know if they have the chip. I would think spatial awareness of devices would also be part of that. What devices you're physically closest to mm. could play a role, yeah. but I don't know if that technology... You know, that was sort of my big high-level takeaway of this whole event was, oh, this is what a super tight ecosystem can do. Because almost everything today was like, A, it's going to be the same on every device we make, and B, because we have a zillion sensors and a bunch of different software and all this stuff, it all's just going to, this is all stuff no one else can do because we're right. Apple. Yeah. 
it all like works crazy together it's, it's when when they're like oh because we have these high-end sensors in the airpods and the high-end sensors in the ipad when you move around with them and stuff the audio will always be right i'm like that's bananas <laughs> what how do they do that um iPad OS 14, not a ton, a lot of the stuff we talked about for iOS is going to be an iPad OS as well. Uh, they are touting a new sidebar uh, for navigating within apps, very similar to, to Mac OS. Um, they also redesigned search on the iPad, just like Spotlight on Mac OS, um, finding contact, searching on the web, or even launching apps out of it. Uh, one of the bigger things was handwriting with Apple Pencil, uh, a new feature called Scribble, which allows you to write in any text field with the Apple Pencil, and it's converted to text. Uh, it can also uh, automatically detect the context of information you write, like a phone number or address, something Samsung's been doing for years, uh, and then direct you to the correct app when it's tapped. It can also render handwriting in multiple languages um, into text on the iPad. Yeah. I think if the handwriting recognition works as well as it does in the pre-recorded demo, it'd be pretty cool. Useful. Also, like, writing in the fields and stuff. It's pretty dope. I just love the idea that you could, it would smartly, you know, you could do the thing where you press on it or whatever. It would highlight the words. You could drag it around and then copy and then paste it as text. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. This is, this is neat. Right. Yeah, it would have been useful when I uh, had use of only one hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully right? the, the next poor soul who has that happen, they could use their, their pencil to write stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's continue on because that's about it for uh, iPad OS. Let's go to Watch OS. Uh, Watch OS 7 is coming um, with several new features, uh, biggest of which uh, faces. Um, we're going to get some new uh, multiple complication watch faces uh, with also face uh, watch face sharing. Uh, so you will be able to share your watch faces um, over uh, on a website, through social media, via iMessage, um, which I think is interesting because I have a, just a very difficult time building faces. So I think it'll be neat to be able to share them. Um, they also announced that the Apple Watch will track dancing. Uh, they updated the activities app to now be called fitness and it will be able to track a range of dance types. There will also be sleep tracking coming with watch OS seven, um, using machine learning, uh, it utilizes the sensor track, your motion. Uh, so there's that, uh, it can also track hand washing. Yes, exactly. It uses machine learning. The microphones listen for the sound of splashing water to confirm you're actually washing your hands and then starts a countdown to make sure you've done it enough. <laughs> uh, that's cute. It's um, really cute. And some other stuff, but that's sort of the, the, yeah. the, big, yeah, the, the, the hand washing thing is, is another one of those examples, Sean, of uh, you couldn't do this. If just, if anyone was making the, the watch, I guess it doesn't imp- integrate with the iPhone. Anyways, as uh, the, Every time I wash my hands today after this, I was thinking about the little bubbly, super cute bubbly animations. Uh, I'm a fan of the the hand washing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also a testament to how fast you can turn around software. You know, I mean, this is a new problem that they've developed this for. And when you have a zillion people on staff and and a tight grip on your on your software, you can sort of pump this thing out and it looks good. And I'm sure it works fine. So, yep. I, I'm into like, I've been getting into watch faces recently. 
in that now I have like six different watch faces for different parts of my life. But there's really only like one watch face that has a useful number of complications. So I just use that one for everything, which is kind of boring. So I'm excited by the prospect of having more watch faces that you can put stuff on. Well, and have multiple complications from the same app, I think is pretty, pretty exciting. So like they said, if you could have the Nike watch face that has a bunch of Nike shit all over it and tracks all your fitness and you know, that kind of stuff is, I think pretty neat. What I really want is like some sort of Siri, either Siri switching for my watch faces, or I want Siri shortcuts that let me like make the watch faces change. Like, so there based is, on time or I something. will say, because they put up these little, as they always do, these slides at the end of each part of the presentation with a bunch of all the stuff they announced. And yeah. on WatchOS, they didn't talk about it, but it does say shortcuts. Shortcuts, it's right there. So don't know what that means, <laughs> but. It probably doesn't mean what I want. Could but <laughs> it's uh, hey, more shortcuts is better. So um, I will mention one other interesting thing about WatchOS is I believe this is the first. I, I might end up being corrected. I believe this is the first WatchOS update that will not support some Apple watches. This will only support Watch Series three and up. It will not support the original series and Series two. Wow. Um, Apple TV got a couple small updates, nothing super major, multi-user support for Apple Arcade, um, so you can track your individual game stats, also bringing additional controller support, um, Apple TV also getting picture-in-picture in in iOS 14, um, they use the example of watching the news while you work out and things like that, there'll also be, um, home support some amount of home support. They didn't really show it off too much, but some amount of home support on Apple TV, which is new as well. Um, and yeah, it one just, cool thing they showed off was like, you have one of those video doorbells. And when someone rings your doorbell, your TV can show who's at the door. Cute. Yep. And actually one thing we didn't talk about with the cameras in HomeKit is it now has facial uh, detection. And it actually uses the Photos app that has already identified. It's all on machine, so they don't ping it to the server. They actually use your photos to detect who it is, and then it will actually say on screen, Colby is at the door, or your HomePod will say out loud, Colby just rang the doorbell, which is kind of like, okay, this is bonkers stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Which, again, I don't think anyone else is doing that, nor I don't even know if they could. You know, like Nest is never going to be able to do that. Certainly not like on premises. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's really it looked the demo looked really slick. Um, it did remind me, however, now that Apple TV has multi-user support, that iPad still doesn't have multi-user support. Uh, That's weird. Which seems like one of those things they'll announce in two or three years, and they'll be like, "How come they never did it until now?" <laughs> uh, a strange it's one. Inconvenient. Um, all right. Any thoughts on anything before we get to Mac OS? No, sir. We're chugging along here. This is, this is just like Apple's announcement. People are going to think we pre-recorded this. Um, <laughs> Big Sur is here. Um, and interestingly enough, it's not 10 point whatever. This is Mac OS 11. I can't believe no one talked about that. Like looking back on it, this should have been an obvious question, but... Uh, I never heard anyone discuss whether it would be the new 
new major version or not. Well, and they didn't, it was interesting because in the announcement itself, they didn't, they didn't say that. I mean, I think they really are in, in the same way Mike, uh, Windows is going away from kind of versioning like that. Um, they're really focusing on the big surname and not so much on the number. Um, uh, a lot of, not a ton of changes that they pointed out, uh, mostly design stuff. Um, they say the biggest redesign since Mac OS 10, um, it's, it's fascinating. We saw some Mac features come to iPad and we saw iOS and iPad features get smashed into Mac OS, um, in a lot of ways, including, uh, a control center, um, which, uh, iOS users are clearly very familiar with a new notification center, which has notifications and widgets. The new redesigned one from iOS, um, will be there as well. Um, the menu bar is now uh, taller and more translucent. Um, what else? Uh, a number of apps now have streamlined new designs, mail, photos, notes, iWork, etc. Um, updated messages with, again, all those iOS features we talked about, the pinning, the threading, all that emoji stickers and all that kind of stuff. Maps got an update again with the same stuff we talked about. Um, the dock buttons have been redesigned to look more like their iOS counterparts. Um, Safari has updates. They say it loads faster, new tab view, customizable start page, built-in automatic translation. I'm going through a lot here. Extensions in Safari with a dedicated extension store in the app store, um, with a lot of control over which, uh, sites the extensions run on. Um, woof. Yeah, I think that's pretty much most of the big stuff. Yeah, I'm excited for Messenger to be a Messenger feature parity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, I can't believe it has been the way it is for so long. It was amazing when it first came out. Yeah. And, well, it's yeah, amazing because it was on your computer, and then like six right. months later, it's like, oh, it doesn't really work. Well, I believe Apple said a lot of these uh, updated macOS apps were our Catalyst apps. And so they, right. they are designed to be the same, which I think bodes well for the future yeah. um, of keeping them in sync with uh, features and designs. Totally. Yeah, they definitely... Messenger was definitely on that list of Catalyst ones. I really just want an overcast Mac app, especially like post-pandemic, like... It would really make my life a lot better if I could just listen well, to podcasts on my computer. You're getting one. Am I? Did he say that yes. for real? Oh, thank God. I say this for real because, well, <laughs> this is an amazing segue, Sean. Uh, oh, but well, in yeah. A, in a, in a, in a, if you just buy another, another <sighs> Mac in the future, you could run Overcast natively on your Mac. Right. No, is, no update necessary. I'm waiting to see which of you get the developer kit. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Before before we move on to the the new Apple Silicon, any other thoughts on Big Sur uh, and the new features coming in this, uh, which will come to Intel Max um, as well? Uh, I will say I do not like the new app designs. Um, I think they've I think iPad and iPhone look a certain way for a reason, and I respect that. But oh, maybe it's because I'm a Windows user and a lunatic, but I like my apps on my desktop and laptop to sort of have 
just look more complex, I guess. Like it just looks too, it looks like I'm using an iPad and it, to me, it kind of loses some of that desktopiness. Uh, I don't know. It was also very funny because when they were doing all the demos in the video, I was like, I wanted him to just reach out and touch the screen. Because I'm like, li- literally, like the control center. I'm like, they have sliders now. I'm like, that's for your finger. Like, I'm like, the whole design is like designed for touch. It's very bizarre to me, and I get why they're doing it. But I, I did kind of feel like this super translucent sort of sidebar stuff and all this. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't digging it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it looks fine. Like, oh, it's not bad. I feel like most most of the apps I use are not like Apple built in apps, anyways. So, True. I I feel like it's not going to affect my life at all. Honestly, maybe the notification center stuff will, because right now notification center is totally useless to me. It's Million just percent like, agree. It's yeah. filled with garbage notifications that I never ever look at because they're not like organized in a useful way at all. Agreed. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we saved the biggest announcement for last. Um, we'll need smart computer people like you guys to tell me what's up with this. But in what was called a historic day for the Mac by Tim Cook, um, mentioning how they went to PowerPC and then to Mac OS X, the move to Intel. And now Apple is moving to their own ARM-powered Silicon Mac computers. Um they say they're going to release their... Now, first of all, they have not come up with a clever name. They just called it Apple Silicon throughout the entire event. They didn't call it ARM. They didn't come up with it. So I hope they have a more clever name. Um, It's... I believe the first processor is the A12Z is the one that they mentioned will be in the developer kit. Um, They plan to release the first Mac by the end of this year and expects the transition to take two years. Uh, They did say new Intel-powered Macs will be in the pipeline, so they're not moving exclusively quite yet, uh, but it is a big shift. Um, The biggest... uh, Let's see... Uh, Apple is promising new levels of performance and far less power, though they didn't really put any... um, numbers on that uh they just said it was really very fast and pointed out a couple of examples of five gigabyte photoshop file running uh several 4k streams they made they point out that powerpoint was going to be really fast and i'm like uh cool uh big Big sur will also include a new version of rosetta uh which will automatically translate existing apps to work on the new platform um it will also use uh, virtualization uh for running linux on the new macs uh, they say uh, it should be an easy transition. You'll just have to recompile your apps um, in Xcode, and you should be able to quickly move over. Um, they're launching a new quick start programs for developers with documentation and sample codes. Dev- as I'm, we were talking about, there will be a developer transition kit, which will be the form of a Mac Mini with the A12Z chip, 16 gigabytes of RAM, and a 512 gigabyte SSD. Um, and you'll be able to or- order that in order to start your programming. One other small note, as we were teasing... Because of the move to ARM power chips, uh, iOS and iPadOS apps will run natively on macOS in the future. Yeah. Wow. So, so one one tidbit I can throw in about like performance is that the A12Z, which is the the chip that's in the newest iPads, is better than the chip that you get with the the entry level MacBook. 15-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, uh, sure. And 
power uh, power consumption is a big part of it. I mean, that's that's what yeah. it's not just that the performance is great; it's that you're getting it at a lower power consumption. I mean, the battery life on these things is going to be out of control. Wild, yeah. I noticed like the battery on my new laptop is like really good already. It's also you know you know, like new laptop lifestyle, but like I can't I can't even imagine what it would be like on a you know. Presumably, that's like the part of the point of this too. So, presumably, it's good. I don't know. Like you said, they didn't they didn't really get specific with it. I'm I'm interested too. The, the the thing I was most excited about of this whole presentation that is relevant to my job is what do they mean by Linux virtualization? Is this just like because it's weird? They didn't show off any native app it was always like right they showed parallels yeah and they showed they vaguely showed something about docker uh they said like we're gonna be working with docker or something right but and i've been meaning to like dive into these like wwdc sessions that have been released and stuff because is that you can do that today. So it seems like they're announcing something there, but I'm I'm still not sure what they're announcing. If what they're announcing is like much lighter weight virtualization stuff, like there's a lot of stuff you can do on Linux now where instead of booting up a VM, you start the VM and it's just like starting a program, except that the you know the VM runs in its own it has its own network and its own process space and stuff. So it's much faster. It's less secure. It's technically not virtualization at all, but it's much faster. If 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 macOS has this, it's going to be a game changer for developers. But I still can't tell if they're if they have it. Well, I would think you know I, I, they they didn't go super deep into sort of the nitty gritty of this part of the announcement. Uh, but I would think if they took the time to show it off here, that they're serious about it. And maybe that's an unfair assumption, but. Um, you know, obviously this yeah. this whole thing is a moving target at this point. And it was just it was so weird to have them announce something, and then the thing that they show is a bunch of third party apps that already exist. Yeah, and I was like, like, wait a second, sounds like you're announcing that this is now possible, but I know it is possible. So, yeah, I will do more research and try to come back next week and see what I can find. Yeah, the uh, so you mentioned native apps running natively on the computers that's cool a because presumably just like like they said ios apps as long as the developers agree to it will just be like available to download on your mac which is kind of cool get get your overcast right like i'll get my overcast presumably mm-hmm. one way or another but um for like mobile develop, if you're like developing iOS apps, you run now. Right now, working on it, you run the apps in a program called the simulator, which is doing some like you know some sort of like translation to like run apps that are supposed to run on an iPhone on macOS. Which it's like it runs pretty well. It's pretty good, but it's like there's some there's some uh, go but there's uh, you know some some performance and some integration is lost because you're running in this like 
uh, like simulated environment, I guess. So that's kind of like pretty cool. Could be really cool, I guess. Presumably it will be like a lot faster and like easier to work with than uh, than what we have now. Or one one could imagine how it would be. Who knows what reality will be. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was a very developer-focused announcement. Uh, they spent most of the time talking about uh, how apps would work, how you would take your existing apps and make them compatible, how you'll be able to ha- build one app and it would work everywhere, sort of unifying everything. Um, I-, I think I'm, Im- as a user, I'm immensely skeptical of iOS and iPadOS apps on macOS from a user perspective, because I think in select cases like an overcast where it's just a big play button and a list of shows, that's going to be fine. You know, they showed like uh, Apple arcade games and things like that, where I'm like, is that going to be great with mouse and keyboard support? You know, and that sort of, I mean, Google introduced uh, Android apps into Chrome OS years ago, and I don't think anyone ever noticed or cared. So um, I'm just curious I'm curious if this will lead, because I'm assuming, again, not a developer, I'm assuming the theory is that, does this mean people are going to be more likely to build apps exclusively for iOS and iPadOS, knowing they can just throw them on Mac without thinking, or will this incentivize them, because it's one platform everywhere, to actually build individual apps for each, because enough of the underlying architecture is the same? Hmm... I don't know. I mean, I guess it may be both. Right? I mean, it depends like, on maybe the app. Right. Right. Well, like you said, like maybe for some apps, if the like whatever defaults, you know, you get just like popping this thing on here is like good enough. Then like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's good enough. Like Overcast, like things where it's like an app, you know, a list of things and a play button. It's like, OK, like is it going to be the most amazing like desktop thing? Like probably not, but will it work for what it is? Like probably so. Um, so I feel like it's just like, it's just kind of, that's just kind of like gravy, right? Cause you get apps that where it's like the developer doesn't have time, time or resources to make an actual Mac app. So you get this app for free. Like, yeah, maybe attack on is that like, it's, it's way it's easier and, like more accessible to to make a proper desktop app or like you know make uh like little tweaks here and there that make the 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 catalyst version or something work better but my my only thought on that is i think i think the sort of mobile apps are going to be a stopgap on mac os and the reason is that when they first switch to ARM, they'll get the big brands to convert their apps, the Adobe's and the whatever the world. But I think when you look at a lot of these like really nicely built custom video editing and photo editing apps for iPad that are like super powerful and super customized for ARM, I think they're gonna the developers are gonna say just use our iPad app for now on your Mac as we mm-hmm. develop something more robust for the desktop. Um, a company that would have yeah. only built an iPad OS app years ago. Um, can now automatically be on Mac while either they build something else or don't. So I think that, but I think that's temporary. I think five years from now, I think there are going to be enough good Mac OS exclusive experiences that I don't know how many people are going to be like, no, I'll just download the iOS version. It'll be fine. Yeah. I wonder if the iPad keyboard or the trackpad support will make it so that 
future iPad apps are more Mac compatible yes. out of the box. Or make Mac OS apps that you can easily convert into ARM apps, mm, then mm-hmm. get put on iPad. That will be interesting in the other direction. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is this is really zany stuff. I don't understand any of it, but uh, what I do understand is if I were a developer, they made all of this seem very easy. Like, like if I had to say, like, on a scale of one for ten, how thought out did Apple make their decisions on this? I'd be like, it seems pretty thought out. Like, I'm not an expert, but like, even if someone doesn't know anything, they explained it in a way where I'm like, oh, it does seem really easy. But again, I'm not a developer, so... Yeah, it seems yeah, I think like for most apps, it will be pretty easy. Yeah, it seems like there are a lot of options like you have options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is good, probably. Uh, I think I was watching this with some of my coworkers who have worked with Xcode for longer than I have. And they 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 were quite skeptical that it will be that it will be as easy as they've made it sound. Sure. Um, I think for good reason they've been been burned before. Um, but yeah, I think like I said, I think like options are good. Like there are different uh, uh, from the sounds of it, like the Rosetta stuff kind of just works, right? Like things that aren't aren't written or compiled for this will in the short term at least be like theoretically functional. That's that is the thing I have the most questions about is that Rosetta two. Right. I guess this is this that was kind of before my time knowing anything about Max, but like mm-hmm. that was a Rosetta one was like a thing before. Like I remember yeah. seeing or hearing about it, but that I was I've never used a pre I've only ever used an Intel Mac. I mean, they certainly did promise a lot today. There's no doubt about that. I mean, when you put up demos of like, Oh, here's a, here's a video game that we didn't touch. We just threw in Rosetta two and it's running perfectly fine. You're like, "Mm," you know, that's, you're making claims that I hope, uh, I hope you can back up. So, yeah, you know, I think the, the interesting thing for me, a in the announcement B to watch moving forward is the fact that they will sell ARM Macs and Intel Macs side by side. Uh, and I'm very curious what the market reaction to that is going to be a from a Mac insider, know the difference perspective, but also from the mom or the aunt or the, or the, or the grandpa yeah. who doesn't know the difference between ARM and Intel and just wants to, what's the price difference going to be between those computers? I mean, obviously we won't know this for right. a while, but that is going to be so interesting. Not now, but two years from now, how that shakes out and how long do you support? Cause there are millions of Intel Macs out there. How long do you support those? You know, it's, this is just right. phase 0.01 of this. Yeah, totally. It's going to be a wild ride. A wild ride. Hey, all I needed to hear that PowerPoint is now using Apple's metal uh, for rendering. I was sold. I've, I've always said Power, uh, PowerPoint doesn't render fast enough. Uh, <laughs> you must make a lot of PowerPoints. You have no idea. I, actually, I don't anymore. I used to do a lot more, and thankfully, I've sort of weaned myself off of them. But, oh, man, I used to... <laughs> everything I ever did was in PowerPoint. Very upsetting. <laughs> um, 
Alrighty, well that's pretty much all the news that's fit to print. The software will come out in the fall alongside, we assume, new hardware, and uh, probably not probably not much between now and then, although they usually do a surprise announcement here or there. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think overall, you know, of course, every time I see one of these announcements, I'm like, I gotta buy, bye-bye, take my credit card, buy. But I, <laughs> you know, I, again, I just get more and more sold into the, into the, the, ecosystem where it's like i love my iphone and i like my work macbook but it's like you know you watch like the apple tv app where the doorbell camera comes up it tells you colby's there and i'm like damn that's really cool (laughs) or like the airpods with your ipod or your ipad airpods the spatial thing and i'm like that's cool you know it's like oh the apple watch now we'll do the and i'm just like god i need more apple stuff in my life that's how they get you. But not HomePod. I do not want a HomePod. I want to be crystal clear. I will take any other Apple device. I do not want a HomePod. <laughs> I cannot believe how badly they have bungled that product. Yeah, it's like they did it and then they forgot about it or something. I don't know. I just think it wasn't ready because a part of today's announcement was like, Siri knows 20 times more facts than she used to know. And I'm like, ooh, cool. <laughs> Where it's like, guys, this is... This is weak sauce. <laughs> so many facts. Oh, guys, what a hoot. I can't believe it. Can you believe seven years ago we were talking about iOS 7? And we're like, oh my god, they got rid of the, the, the leather and the felt table and, and game center and, and they, they went to everything being all transparent and brightly colored? Yep. And now yep. we're starting to go back. Like Some of these new mac 11 icons are are a bit uh realistic yeah yeah man time yeah. is a circle did you notice they made all the icons square i didn't really notice that no they're in, they're in the dock yeah shaped. yeah there's also and this is kind of unrelated but um Adobe went and updated uh, all of the Creative Cloud apps to all have very... Because um, they used to all be different colors, all the different apps, were, which is great, because you'd be like, oh, purple, that's Premiere. Um, and they sort of chain tweaked all the colors so they all look very similar now, which I'm very pissed off about. They didn't oh, make God. them all the same color, but they muted all the colors and made them <laughs> like harder to tell the difference between them. I'm right. like, yeah, that's what people really wanted, Adobe. Cool. Glad you're, you're spending helping. your time on this. And of course, they all auto-update, so I look in... I look in the uh, the taskbar and it's like, oh my god, what the hell did they do to Photoshop? I bet they paid a consulting company like many thousands and thousands of dollars to tell them to do that. Well, you know, I really I was thinking throughout this announcement. I'm like, Windows can never do this. I mean, Windows wants to go to ARM. I mean, they've been pretty clear that they're developing Windows 10 for ARM, and I'm like, they're never. How, how are they get like I? it's never I, I, I couldn't believe it with, with how slick Apple put this together and they're like the only reason we can do it is be and like Windows apps are garbage like garbage in garbage out and like there's no Rosetta for Windows apps because I can't imagine you put you know some utility made in 1998 through one of these things and it's what would even happen you know Windows apps aren't a thing um, I, I'm very curious what what what, what things were like in uh in Washington uh, at uh, Microsoft headquarters of them watching this. Yeah. Yeah, totally different, like, constraints for for them. Yep. And like, they... 
and they've been very clear they want to do it for good reason, but it's, and they also, I don't, they don't do as much in-house silicon as, uh, as Apple does as well. They're partnering outside for most of it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Intel at this point, I gotta be, cause I, 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 I read that, um, Microsoft is going to start going AMD in a lot of their surface devices. Um, mm. Crazy. What a world we live in. What a world yeah. we live in. Yeah. Well, another WWDC survived, obviously. I will say this is, I think, the first iOS where I'm like, mm, maybe I should do the beta. Like, there is, like, enough <laughs> kind of, like, cool stuff I would actually use in it. You know, usually they're like, oh, we updated the notes app with a new highlighter color. And I'm like, don't pass. <laughs> I don't care. But there is enough in there where I'm like, oh, I would use a lot yeah. of this stuff. Well, you should take the challenge. No. Report back, Sean. No, because the issue is, is like, I would screw it up so badly. I would just brick my, I would find some way to just brick my phone <laughs> in doing it. And also, it's a, my work phone. It's not, I don't own yeah. the phone. My company does. And they don't give a shit. Like, I, I could chuck it into a shredder, and I don't think it would be the end of the world. But if it breaks, I just... But I will think about it. <laughs> I got a month to think about it, so I will consider it. Nice. Um, wonderful. Nice. Anything else, guys? No. Nope, that's it. Big day. Nope. <sighs> Big day. I'm sure we got some rest ahead of us. Dan had to escape to the wilderness to to get away from it all. Yeah. And that didn't even work? From all of it. Because he's talking about it now. It worked enough. <laughs> With his little <laughs> bit of internet. Um, well, that's excellent. Well, that's great. Well, uh, I appreciate uh, everyone out there for joining us. Of course, our website is don'tpanic.io. Word on the street is we may be getting a new website coming up. Yeah, I we're, have... we're, we're being forced to get a new website because, like, 10 days from now our website is going to stop working colby as a marketing person can i help you out a little bit with this um to better serve our customers and our fans (laughs) we're developing a new radical web experience we we you asked we listened um (laughs) yeah and i have colby you were very nice to send the uh, the details of how to check out the site i have purposefully not looked because I really want to be very surprised when it's almost done. <laughs> it's probably not going to be that much different than the old website, but it will be a little bit different. My only old. question is, will it still have the toggle? I think so. Yeah. The All to- right. That I was the revolutionary I, feature. I, I haven't built the toggle yet, but I'm going to build the toggle because it's awesome. It's the standout. Like, right. People. How many podcasts have the toggle? <laughs> the to- we got to trademark that. Tonepack.io featuring the toggle TM. That could be cool. We could get a patent. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so do go to our current website, Tonepack.io. All the episodes are there. Uh, the audio and the video as well. And, of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, you can check us out, get a little widget, and uh, play us right from there or in any of the major other apps, as mentioned. Of course, the video version's on YouTube, and of course, uh, you can get in touch with us, don'tpanicshow.gmail.com, or tweet us at don'tpanicshow. Uh, we will be back next time with some non-Apple tech news, but until then, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for yet another Don't Panic.
This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.